Hello, and welcome back to Keep Digging for Life, your seminary on the go. I'm your host, Jason Epps. Today we will be covering the theological overview and reflection of Chosen, Episode 3, Season 1. But, as always, I welcome your questions and comments for ideas for future episodes. Feel free to email me at keepdigging4, F-O-R, life, at gmail.com. And without further ado, we'll follow the schema of the previous episodes, which is first I will summarize the episode, then I will explain where they took liberties, uh, and what are positive takeaways and how this episode might fit into the grand schema of the narrative. So, without further ado, let's dig. In this episode, we follow the adventures of Abigail and her friend Joshua, as well as her other friends. And it starts with Abigail just playing and eventually stumbling upon Jesus, but um, a strange man who turns out to be Jesus. She tells her friend Joshua... And they come back with with other friends to talk with, listen to. Uh, we see Jesus uh, staying out in the wilderness, building things, uh, being injured, needing to sleep, talking with the children, instructing them, showing compassion. It's really showing Jesus having a fun and humorous side, particularly when he's trying to dissuade the children from having fear so and we just see his interactions and his uh, discussions of them and I will get further into greater detail as far as the content because that crosses over into the other elements that I'm going to discuss so that is just the general overview very simple um it is difficult to tell where this occurs in the timeline of The Chosen. It seems like that it would be directly after the previous episode, but some indications um, point to the fact that it might even be a precursor to the first episode. But it's difficult to tell. But I'll bring that up later. Now let's dig back in. As always, I'm going to cover what I found was a bit of a stretch, and this might be considered nitpicking, but I just want to put that information out there just so that we can have a holistic 
and realistic view of of this show, The Chosen. Again, as I've said before, in general, they do a fantastic job, and their heart is in the right place. But there are certain things that I'll get into now that was a bit off. Um, one of the big things is we see Jesus out in the wilderness alone. Um, we have no record that he actually did this. Um, and in fact, in the time period of the chosen, he would be with his disciples that he had. They would be stuck to him with glue. That's what disciples did. They followed um, the rabbi. So it's really weird that he's out in the middle of nowhere. We also don't really know if he, in fact, used his carpentry skills to uh, pay his own way to fund himself. In fact, there's some instances in the gospel that seems to imply some women cared for him uh, financially out of their own means, which implies that he um, did not. Also, I find it kind of interesting, both in this Jesus' description of carpentry in The Chosen and Mel Gibson that he's always crafting something for a rich person never like the average person and it's like how would a poor person like Jesus have rich contacts it seems a bit of a stretch but that's neither here nor there um the other thing that is, again, out of sort of temporal time is the fact that he teaches the Lord's Prayer to the children. When, in fact, biblically, it was seems to be first taught to the disciples and only in response to their question. So, yeah. Um... That, that's a bit suspect. Also, the language of this whole discourse seems to be mirroring that of the Sermon on the Mount. So, which is a good thing, and it's like positively biblical, but it's just, it raises the question, uh, was Jesus just practicing on the kids? Um, what was going on there? So... That, in general, is my, uh, and a lot of the interactions of the kids seems to be very indicative of what occurs in the Gospels. They're, like, discussing among themselves who Jesus could be. Is he a bad man? Is he a murderer? Yeah. So, in general, that's my critique. I've said what I thought was a stretch, but what do I really like about this episode? I really like that they showed Jesus' humanity, that he bled. At one point, he had to tend his arm, that he had to sleep, that he physically made a fire and didn't just 
called down fire from heaven. He was a legitimate and real man. He ate. He had food. Um, the other thing that I really liked, although it kind of borders on the not entirely biblical, was how he interacted with the kids. While this event didn't really occur as depicted in The Chosen, biblically, or at least we have no reason to believe it did, it certainly would be something that Jesus would do. Jesus cared a lot for children, and his statements of children can sometimes understand things and ask questions that adults can is kind of bordered on the um, having faith of a child. In fact, he says not to let it go. I find it interesting, again, that a lot of the discussion of what is right, what is wrong, you know, justice, um, putting it up to God and not into our hands is very echoing of the Sermon on the Mount. Don't just take eye for an eye. Uh, also, the discussion of who Jesus is, like I said before, is very reminiscent of what the disciples tell Jesus that the common people are, are talking about in Mark 8, 58-51. You know, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others a prophet. There wasn't a murderer in there, but it's conceivable that, you know, it's it's what people would think. Um, there was a statement about, um, a thing that's accurate is that they mentioned Torah school. Um, uh, and it's true that boys would be going to Torah school where they would actually learn it, which is kind of a little bit weird how Abigail would know all the information. In fact, Jesus does a nod and say, perhaps somebody who actually learns from it in school can answer the question right there to be honest I can totally relate with Abigail because I was the person growing up that answered all the questions because you know there was not much I could do other than studying and I just wanted to feel part of the group so totally relate to that element there um again though um, yeah, I should have saved this for the critique, but I forgot about it. It's the, it, they're giving women more ability than they would have had in the first century. Not saying, you know, women were inferior by, by any means, but the fact that Jesus left a note and said, I know you can read. Okay, first off, she's a poor girl. She wouldn't be going to Hebrew school, and her family wouldn't have the means to teach her how to read. So, and how would he know that she could read? He never saw her reading unless it was pulling from divine attributes. And, yeah, on that vein, there's a scene where Abigail and Joshua, Joshua the Brave, are hiding behind rocks. And Jesus says, you know, 
who's back there, you know, who who am I, you know, seeing, or is that an animal, you know, kind of joking and fun and praying that the kids will come out and and say shalom, basically hello, greet him. Um, and it's kind of weird. It's like, did he overhear them? Is he pulling from his divine attribute of knowledge? I I honestly really don't know. I, th- I think it's kind of cool and sweet. But I want us to notice something really um, awesome that Jesus did. He confirmed what the kids were doing. And he said, it's fine if you don't understand everything in scripture. It's just your main goal is to love and obey God and what you do know. And I I think that was very sweet and very comforting because a lot of people are concerned that they don't understand everything. And to be honest, we won't understand everything in Scripture until, you know, we're on the other side of heaven. And even then, maybe not fully and completely. But it, it's wonderful that he, Jesus in here, affirms, do what you're doing right. And he actually had the kids go through the Shema, which the Shema is something that everyone would know. Because parents were required, according to Deuteronomic law, to state it to their children every morning, every evening, every time they walked. It, it was the the basic anthem, scriptural anthem of Israel. It's kind of like their version of John 3.16. So that was um, a wonderful thing to observe. Uh, And it's a minor thing, but when Jesus slept, um, he said, Blessed are you, Lord our God, who brings sleep to my eyes, slumber to my eyelids. That is the traditional Jewish prayer before going to sleep. Uh, So, he is not a... um, He is shown to be a true Jew. And in fact, the best Jew, as some of my friends would put it. He wasn't totally working outside the system. He was... Frustrated with the religious leaders, as maybe chosen will demonstrate, but that they were harming the people around them, having this opulence and not helping people draw closer to God. As we've kind of sort of seen via Nicodemus so far. Abigail's actions also show us how we are to react to Jesus with everybody around us. We're to bring people to him, tell them about it, show them of their need. Well, the full gospel wasn't there. But what we're called to do, according to the Great Commission, is to teach everyone to obey and be and make disciples, which starts with bringing people to Jesus and showing them of their need. Abigail didn't know that much, but 
It was kind of like a little microcosm of evangelism there, which was great. So, and yeah, so that's the positive signs of the chosen three. And I will come back for the conclusion. In conclusion, what do we see here with this episode? We see Jesus as a caring side. We see him as truly human. We see him as gentle and dealing with humans so that the the children, not the humans. He is human. (laughs) And they are human. So, and dealing with children. He also says some very um, elements that could be foreshadowed, whereas... To some, I might be dangerous, implying the to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he was undermining their system of making money and having people under their thumb. So a lot of foreshadowing here. I'd be interested to see if they ever if they tie it back and how they tie it back. But this episode really showed to showcase the character. Of Jesus as a man versus the other episodes really showed to set up how powerful he is and how different he is and the impact that he has on people and that he's more powerful than a religious leader and also has more humility than a religious leader so they're definitely pulling a nice narrative showing that Jesus is not only fully powerful but also compassionate and therefore it sets him up to be the perfect savior the one that we need that when he says we need him and he is the only way it's not done out of anger or spite it's done out of reality similar to when a doctor says hey you have cancer and you need this treatment that is the reality And that's it. As always, like I said before, email me at keepdiggingforlife at gmail.com. Thank you. And as always, keep digging.